Hello, and welcome to this live recording from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This message was given by Michael Yu at our Brewagoon campus. So sit back, listen in, and enjoy what God's got to say to you. Thank you to the worship team. What an amazing worship. And what an amazing song, that King of Kings is. I'm just blown away every time I hear that. And I'm just blown away by the lyrics and what God had done for us. So it's a privilege to bring you this message from the prophet Malachi, last in our series, from the Word of Prophets. Now, as you know, biblical prophets were not fortune tellers, but were those who had a radical encounter with the presence of the Lord and was commissioned by God to speak on his behalf. The things that the prophets cared about the most as we have heard in the last three weeks, was the mutual partnership that existed between God and the Israelites, the covenant between God and his chosen people. But as we have observed, the leaders, the priests, and the kings led Israel astray, and they broke the covenant with God. And this is where the prophets come in, and they come in and did three things. First, there was an accusation. Accusation of the things that the people had done wrong. How they had broken the covenant relationship. Secondly, there was a call to repentance. Turn around from their current ways of living. The breaking of the covenant. Come back to God and receive his forgiveness and mercy. And thirdly, should they not return to him? Should they not come back to God, there will be consequences. And they will state the consequences of how God would deliver justice to Israel's corruption. And these prophetic writings were put together to show us the cosmic meaning of Israel's history of how God would turn their tragic story of failure and exile into a story of hope and restoration, not only for Israel, but for all nations and for all humanity. And this twin message of warning and hope is a message that we still need to hear today. In the last three weeks, we looked at turning from presumption, turning from complacency, and turning from self, and this week we're going to look at turning from disobedience. So our text for tonight is Malachi chapter 3, verses 6 to 18, and Rachel is going to read it for us. I, the Lord, do not change, so you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings, you are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. 
I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. You have spoken arrogantly against me, says the Lord. Yet you ask, what have we said against you? You have said it is futile to serve God. What do we gain by carrying out his requirements and going about like mourners before the Lord Almighty? But now we call the arrogant blessed. Certainly evildoers prosper, and even when they put God to the test, they get away with it. Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other, and the Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honoured his name. On the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty, they will be my treasured possession. I will spare them, just as a father has compassion and spares his son who serves him. And you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. Thank you very much. In the reading tonight, on the surface, you can notice the accusation, the call to repentance, and the judgment to come. But there is hope within. And Malachi means bearer of God's message. And we don't exactly know who the author is. As it says in chapter 1, verse 1, that it is the word of the Lord to Israel through the bearer of God's message, Malachi. Hence the title of the book. And it could have been the prophet's name, or maybe not. But Malachi spoke to a tough audience in the 5th century Judah after the rebuilding of the temple. And his main concern was to call the priests and the people to renew their faithfulness to, to their covenant with God. There was a clear indication that there was laxity and corruption in the life and worship of the people. People and priests were breaking God's law and cheating him by not giving him offerings that were rightfully due to him and were not living according to his teachings. Malachi calls his audience to a more sincere life of worship and challenges the people to embrace the ethical standards of the Mosaic Covenant. But above all, Malachi, as God's messenger, his vital word to Israel was profoundly simple and is found in chapter 1, verse 2. I have always loved you, says the Lord. It was a simple message that Malachi was saying. I have always loved you. A word to a people who were righteous, disillusioned, cynical, callous, dishonest, apathetic, doubting, skeptical, outright wicked. But God says, I have always loved you. And with this in mind, our reading started with the words, I, the Lord, do not change. I have always loved you. I, the Lord, do not change. What does that imply? It implies that we change. Our God doesn't change, but we do. Unlike our Lord, whose word stands forever, we change. We change according to our situation, our circumstance, environment, and culture. 
And the people of Israel had changed, breaking the covenant with God by disobeying him. And in this text, we know three ways the people of God had disobeyed him. First, they turned away from God. Verse 7 says, Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. The people, had God, people of God had turned away from him. Some translation says they evaded him, they scorned God. And it is a clear depiction of rebellion against God. A willful rejection of God's instruction. And the people of God had not kept, but they failed to obey God's decrees, his statutes and his laws of, the, of Moses. But God says, return to me and I will return to you. The word return expresses a change of loyalty on the part of Israel, a complete change of direction back to God, or a total reorientation towards God, a turning from disobedience to obedience. And there is a sense of urgency demanding an immediate response from Malachi, from his audience. However, as you heard in the last three weeks, Regrettably, the repetition by the prophets indicates that little had changed in the intervening years. You heard from uh, Sue last week, from, or sorry, it was Haggai, and you heard from Zechariah and now Malachi to repent and return to God, but it falls on deaf ears. The reason for the lack of action can be found in the response of the people. They respond, how are we to return? Now, the response by the audience is not generally seeking new information upon which to base their repentance and restoration to a right relationship with God. Rather, the response is a self-serving protest of their assumed innocence. The audience's response is that they have done no wrong. What is there for us to repent of? The attitude in the self-righteous denial is reflected well in the New Living Translation. How can we return when we have never left? How can we return when we have never gone away? The audience claimed no knowledge of sin or conceded any need for repentance. The people seemed to assume that the fault in the broken relationship with God actually laid with God, not with them. See, they had returned to the promised land, but the tangible benefits of the covenant relationship had not yet materialized. And so they felt that God had let them down. We all at times can respond to God the same way as Israel did, that we never left God, but somehow, somewhere, some way, that God has let us down. But you know, and I know, that we can lose our orientation in the busyness of life. Or even in serving God, when our focus is taken away from God and misaligned to something else. 
As a pastor, I'm mindful that my ministry or the ministry that God has given me, where I serve, does not become God. First and foremost, my relationship with God has to be number one. I cannot turn away from that. The day I turn away from God, the day that I lose my focus on God and from God, that is the day that I start to do ministry. The relationship that I have with God has to be first and foremost. And it is out of that relationship, the overflow of the things that I receive from him, of the things that I know of him, in our relationship, the ministry flows out. It cannot be the other way around. The people disobey God by turning away from him, fixing their eyes onto idols and the things of this world. And because the people had turned away from God, they had become apathetic towards God. This is the second point. They had no interest, enthusiasm, or concern for God. They were unmoved and unresponsive to God. And in turn, they sinned against God by neglecting the tithes and offerings. They robbed God of what was rightfully due to him. So Malachi calls for a comprehensive renewal of the giving practices of the people of God so that they may return to him. Otherwise, there will be consequences for his people. The curse suggested in verse 9 is the consequence of the people of God breaking the covenant as articulated in Deuteronomy 28.20, where it says, The Lord will send on you curses, confusion and rebuke in everything you put your hand to, until you are destroyed or cease to exist and come to sudden ruin because of the evil you have done in forsaking him. God is not bringing something new, but he is... Reiterating the Mosaic covenant made with his people. And this explains the sense of urgency that is attached to the Malachi's call to repentance and a covenant renewal with God because of the impending consequences that is to face them. One thing to note in here, in verse 10, the nature of God's request. It says, test me in this, a rare but a unique divine challenge in the Old Testament. The prophet's command is not not in violation of testing God, found in Deuteronomy 6.16. It says, do not put the Lord your God to the test, as you did at Massa. Now, Jesus used this exact verse when he was tempted in the wilderness. The word for testing in that context means to try or to prove or to test from a posture of arrogance and cynical unbelief. But the term employed here signifies testing from a posture of honest doubt with the intent to encourage or approve faith in God. It's coming from different angles. And the divine invitation to put God to the test is an offer to God's people for an opportunity 
to prove the faithfulness of God to his covenant promises in their obedience to God. At the core of this discourse is reversal. As the people reverse their attitude and behavior with respect to God's covenant, so God will reverse the experience of the people from the current experience that they are having to that of covenant promise. We can all become apathetic and go through the motions of worship of God, feeling distant from God or God being silent. There have been many times in my faith journey that I've fallen apathetic, especially when there were other distractions in my life, when business of life came. Apathy made a home in my faith journey. We can all become apathetic. Not a single person here in this room is immune to it. We can all become apathetic towards God. We can go through the motions. We need to be aware and awake to it. We need to be aware and awake to it. Thirdly, the people of God dishonored him. It was not enough that the people of God had stopped bringing tithes and offerings to God, but they had spoken strong, harsh, terrible things against God. They sought to enforce their words upon God. And in verse 14, the people said that it is futile to serve God. To serve God in this verse describes the proper worship of God and being obedient in keeping the stipulations, the, the laws and statutes of the covenant. However, the people of God complained that their personal acts of righteousness was useless, it was in vain, it was foolish, since they did not produce the intended promise results of the covenant. They saw that the conduct towards God was useless for two reasons. First, the righteous go unrewarded. And second, the wicked go unpunished. The people were seeking a cause and effect relationship that never materialized. What the people of God sought after was blessing without obedience. They went through the motions, but something was lacking. And as they didn't see the covenant promise, they began to despise God and dishonor God. The doubters of God's people complained that the practice of Religious requirements yielded no tangible benefits. In fact, the experience of suffering and poverty in the real world show that evildoers were actually the ones who gained the upper hand. Sometimes we can get into this way of thinking, I know I did. Why should I give offering when the people who don't believe in God, people who don't go to church, people who don't give offering seem to do well, seem to have more. They are wealthier and seem to be better off. It seems like the grass is greener on the other side of the church fence. 
They seem to have more fun. They seem to enjoy life more. I'd rather be at the beach than in a church service. So the people of Israel had turned away from God. They had become apathetic towards God. And they had dishonored God. And they eventually had become bitter towards God. And this in turn led to their disobedience, the breaking of the covenant with God. So what was the core issue here? Why did the people of Israel become disobedient? What was the core issue? It was a matter of the heart. Our Father wants our hearts. Our Father wants your heart. He wants my heart. He wants our hearts. And when our heart is misaligned and directed at something other than God, we will turn away from God. We will turn away from him and towards the things of this world that our hearts are directed at. We will have passion for the things that our hearts desire. We will honour the things that fill our hearts. If my heart is chasing after something other than God, whether it is fame, status, wealth, pleasure, recognition, affirmation, whatever it is, it will lead me away from God and to the things that my heart desires most. My passion for life will come pursuing after what my heart desires and I will fill my heart to honour my desires. Jesus said, do not store up treasures on earth. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So where is your treasure? Where is your treasure? What is your treasure? Is it Jesus or is it something else? What is in your heart? What is in my heart? What is something that we are chasing after day after day? Is it to provide for family? Is it ministry? Is it music? Is it entertainment? What are we chasing after? We can only be obedient to God when we give, when we surrender our heart to him. There is no way we are able to turn to him if we have not fully surrendered our heart to him. If I have even an inkling, even a small smidgen of something in my heart that I desire other than Jesus, eventually that will take a hold of me and it will lead me astray. Look at the Israelites. Look at their history. Look at many people of God who let their heart's desire take them away from God. Do you feel you've walked away from God? Do you feel apathetic? 
What is in your heart? Search your hearts. Ask God to search our hearts. What Israel missed is that the Lord's blessing is not something material. Yes, it is written here about how there will be great uh, fruits and produce and everything, the storehouses will fill. You know what true blessing is? Is to truly know God. That is true blessing. To be in an intimate relationship with him, that is true blessing. And that can only come when we totally surrender our heart to him. When there's nothing that I want from this world, it's for my Father, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is true blessing, to know him for who he really is, our loving Father, a provider, a fortress. The list goes on and on. That is our true blessing to know him. Our Father wants us to experience and taste that he is good. And when we do, we do not want to go back to the things of this world. Israel sought after the things of this world other than God, and hence they had become disobedient. Turn away from God to become apathetic, even to the point of dishonoring God. In the closing of the text that was read, Malachi assures his audience, especially those who fear the Lord, taking counsel with one another, of two essential truths. Israel, the people of God, today you and me are still God's treasured possession. We are his treasured possession and the compassion is still the defining characteristic of God. He's a loving, merciful God. Return to me, says the Lord, and I will return to you. Whether we have walked away from God, whether we have become apathetic towards God, whether we have dishonored God in some way or form, our Lord says, return to me. In closing, we need to hear the words of the prophets, not as words for ancient Israel, but for us today. We are not immune to change with our situations, our circumstances, culture, And we have heard that we are to turn away from presumption, to turn from complacency, to turn from self, and tonight to turn from disobedience. Church, how will you respond to the call of the one who is enthroned, in the throne room of God? He calls us as the loving Father to repent and to turn from our disobedience, to return to him. Have you walked away from God? Have you become distant from God? Do you feel unresponsive, apathetic towards God? Don't leave this place tonight without praying with someone. Do you have your life fixed on something other than God? Pray with someone about turning that fixation to God.
And if you're someone who do not know God, don't walk out of here without praying with someone for a revelation of God. People of God, our Father wants our hearts totally surrendered to him. Surrendering our hearts to him leads to obedience. Surrender all that we are so that he can begin to start something new in our hearts to do the will of God by being obedient to him. God calls us in Romans 12 to offer ourselves as living sacrifices. In view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. You and I are called this day to offer ourselves to God as a living sacrifice, to be obedient to what he has for us, dead to our ways, but alive to his. Turn towards God. Reorientate your heart. Turn away from apathy by surrendering your heart to him, being obedient to the life that God is calling us to. Seek someone, pray with someone. If you feel distant from God, don't leave this place without praying with someone. I'd love to pray with you, not play with you, but pray with you, Right, There are ministry leaders here willing to pray with you. Do not leave this place. And don't let anything of this world be your idol, be the God. It is our relationship with God, first and foremost. And it is the overflow from that that we can do all things. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for your love for us. Even though we are not worthy of your love, you still seek to have us come back to you. Father, search our hearts as we respond to what we have heard. Help us to turn to you. Help us to reorientate our heart to you. Oh, Father, help us to come before you. totally surrendering, letting go of whatever is in our heart, whether it be concerns of this world, whether it be the things that I'm pursuing outside of you. Father, I pray, I pray that you will take a hold of that and help us to fix our eyes on you and you alone. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this message from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. If you'd like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, then you can contact the team at Mount Pleasant Baptist Church by calling the office during office hours on 9329-1777. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to your company again soon. God bless.